Wow, this is crazy. Did you know some guy got stabbed to death down the Casto Neep Road? And I'm like, wow, that is so crazy because I dropped a hitchhiker off down that road that day. And I see the mugshot and it's the hitchhiker that I picked up. From HV Studio, this is Unnerved. Welcome back to the Unnerved Podcast, where normal people share their abnormal stories, and if you enjoy true stories of the strange and terrifying, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Chris Fricky. We've all seen these people at some point in our lives. Maybe you've even been one of them. Alone on the side of the highway, thumb out, and desperate for a ride. Hitchhikers are usually kind and adventurous people that are just trying to get closer to their destination. If you have an extra seat available in your car and you don't mind meeting new people, then why not? It seems like a great way to help a less fortunate person that can't afford a vehicle, right? In today's story, Rachel saw an opportunity to help someone in need. Little did she know, the hitchhiker she picked up that day would soon be wanted for murder. This is her story. This happened a few years ago, and I live in a really small town, like leave your car unlocked, kind of safe, small town. And I had a little bit of time to blow before I went to go pick my kids up from school. I was driving around, listening to music, and I passed a hitchhiker. We don't often see hitchhikers in my town. He stuck his thumb out, and he signaled that he wanted a ride, and I passed by him. And this little voice in the back of my head was like, man, the golden rule. If I had to hitchhike, I would hope that somebody would pick me up if I was walking on the side of the road. I continue to drive and I'm just, I've got this internal monologue of guilt going on that I should go back and pick that guy up. I end up kind of making a deal with myself that whenever I made the loop that I was traveling, if he was still walking, I'd stop by and I'd pick him up. As I approach him, he is still walking and I pull over to the side of the road I immediately feel very nervous, like I regret my decision to do this, but I didn't want to peel out while the poor guy was trying to get in the vehicle. He gets in the car and he has a fishing pole and a backpack, and the very first thing that I noticed is that this guy seems like he is majorly tweaking on some type of drugs, and he smells terrible. And... I try to make small talk. I'm physically shaking and very nervous. And he just has these really, I don't know how to explain it. It's like his eyes were dead, but also kind of feral looking at the same time. At the time I smoked and he asked me for for a cigarette. And as I'm getting them out of the pack, my hands are shaking so bad. 
he gets his pole in, we're on the road, and we start heading toward where he tells me to drive. It's a road about five minutes away from where we were. And as we're driving, he's telling me that he lost his license due to multiple DUIs. And he's telling me how pretty I am, that he likes my hair, and he's trying really hard to get me to have a drink with him. He says he has some beers back at his house. And he's told me he's been fishing that day. And I'm trying really hard to make small talk with this guy, but in my mind, I'm just thinking what I'm gonna do to beat this guy's hind in if he tries to attack me. We end up pulling down this back road close to where he said that we were going. And I pull up and I don't, you can't really call it a house. It was like a shack and it had a lot of junk cars around it. I, I couldn't believe that somebody actually lived there. But I pull up and as I'm sitting there waiting for him to get out of the car, he's continuously asking me to go ahead and come on inside. And he was really pressuring me. And eventually I said, my kids are expecting me at school. My husband will be wondering where I'm going, like trying to create a trail in case, you know, he thinks that I'm just gonna go missing at his house. I finally get him out of the vehicle. I leave and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God that's over with. And this was on a Friday afternoon and that following Monday I go to school and my teacher says, wow, this is crazy. Did you know some guy got stabbed to death down the Casto Neep Road? And I'm like, wow, that is so crazy because I dropped a hitchhiker off down that road that day. It wasn't long after that and I'm scrolling on Facebook and I see an article from TBI that says that they've picked up this guy for stabbing a man to death down that road. And I see the mugshot and it's the hitchhiker that I picked up. And the crime happened the day that I picked him up and dropped him off at the shack in the woods. And I have a friend who works at the local hospital and she tells me that the guy that was murdered had came in and was stabbed almost 30 something times and it was pretty brutal it was like a rage killing a breaking news alert now a man has been arrested in connection with a weekend homicide that happened in fentress county wayne ellis casso was arrested this morning on a charge of criminal homicide the tbi says the 37 year old killed 36 year old mark anthony jennings jennings was found stabbed to death yesterday at a home on casto kep road in jamestown Casso has been jailed in Fentress County on a $500,000 bond. Do you know the relationship that the two of them had? Why, what led to this? I have no idea. I mean, rumors around the town was that it was drug related. And since he was tweaking whenever I picked him up, that was probably a pretty good motive behind it. He also, a strange part of all of his rambling on the way to the location was he was telling me that he lived with an old man there and that he was trying to get that old man to go fishing with him all day and that he refused to. And some of his family members are friends with my father-in-law and said that is so weird because Wayne doesn't live with anybody and there was no old man at the shack. I think Wayne just had some really serious mental illnesses, and I am incredibly glad that ride ended when it did, and I was not Wayne's drug-fueled rage victim. Do you think 
that was potentially his motive, trying to get you to come with him to to drink and everything, or? I look back on it and I like to hope that that wasn't his intentions, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel safe. Every part of me, like hair was standing on end. I felt like he was looking at me like I was Thanksgiving dinner and he hadn't eaten in months. I don't know. I thought maybe it was just me because I'm a nervous person, but then I'm thinking maybe I had some ESP going on and it was just not a good situation to be in at all. I was already going to school to do something that kind of scared me. Like I never would have thought I would go to school to be a machinist. And it was about pushing my boundaries and, you know, doing things that scared me in spite of the fear. And I guess picking up a hitchhiker was part of that whole bettering myself facing my fear situation. You always hear, you know, horror stories about hitchhikers. And I I listen to my fair share of podcasts about hitchhiker gone wrong stories too. But when I tell you I live in a very small and safe town, I mean that. I mean, you just never would think it would happen to you. You know, nothing that bad could ever happen to me. It was definitely a crazy experience. And I kind of, I have made the no guilt resolution that there will be no more hitchhikers in my life. Throughout history, catching a ride with a stranger has always been a form of transportation. In the 1930s and 40s, hitchhiking was especially common. During the Depression, there were people out of work and looking to find job opportunities wherever they could. Not everyone owned a vehicle at that time, so when a driver had an open seat, giving someone a ride closer to their destination wasn't out of the ordinary. Here, throw that in the back seat. Okay, let's go. Make sure that door is closed. How far are you going? L.A. Well, you're really traveling, aren't you? Yeah, but I don't expect to make it for a couple of years at the rate I've been promoting rides. Not much luck, huh? Sure, all bad. Not many people stop for a guy these days. Afraid of a stick-up, maybe. Well, they can't blame him. Where are you coming from? New York. Well, New York. You're in luck this time. I'm going all the way. Right through to Los Angeles. In the 1960s and 70s, crimes involving hitchhikers became more of an issue. In Rachel's story, the passenger was the murderer, But that's not always the case. The driver is just as capable of committing a crime against an unsuspecting passenger. Serial killers such as Edmund Kemper took advantage of hitchhikers by picking up their next victims. In 1972 and 1973, a series of murders shocked Northern California. College girls began to disappear while hitchhiking. Two of the victims were picked up from the campus of the University of California at Santa Cruz. I was scared to death of failing in male-female relationships. I knew absolutely nothing about that whole area. Even if just sitting down and talking with the young lady. I need to be able to really communicate, and ironically enough, that's why I began picking people up 
and I'm picking up young women, and I'm going a little bit farther each time. It's a daring kind of a thing. At first, there wasn't a gun. I'm driving along. We go to a vulnerable place where there aren't people watching, where I could act out, and I say, no, I can't. And then a gun is in the car, hidden. And this craving, this awful, raging, eating feeling inside. I could feel it consuming my insides, this fantastic passion. Uh, it was overwhelming me. It was like drugs. It was like alcohol. A little isn't enough. At first it is. And as you adjust to that, psychologically and physically, you take more and more and more. It's the same process. So it finally came down to the thing of, do I dare bring this gun out? Already realizing if that gun comes out, something has to happen. It was going to happen. I didn't see it then, but it was going to happen. I was playing a dangerous game with a loaded gun. It got us all. On one occasion, Kemper picked up two roommates in Berkeley. In that first killing in May of 72, when that gun was pulled out, I launched it out. For, I had it under my leg, out of sight, parallel to my, to my leg in the seat. It was something that had been thought out in fantasy, acted out, felt out hundreds of times before it ever happened. Even after police warnings against hitchhiking and an increased bus schedule on the campus, Kemper had no trouble picking up hitchhikers. Even though the percentage of hitchhikers being murdered was extremely low, the mainstream media created a narrative that spread fear throughout America. During this time, some of the first laws against hitchhiking were passed, and law enforcement began using scare tactics to get both drivers and hitchhikers to think twice. For the driver or the hitchhiker, a lift can be the beginning of a nightmare. Let's go. Hi. Come on in. How far are you going? All the way to the city. Oh, that's great. Remember, appearances can be deceiving. Criminals don't always look like criminals. Before you consider hitchhiking or giving a stranger a ride, ask yourself, is it worth the risk? Thanks again for listening to Unnerved. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time. Next on Unnerved. And he reaches in his bag and he just slowly pulls out a gun. So I find out that there's a gun on campus here at my school. And then there's a gun on campus at a second school. And I don't know what they're doing. The last thing I remember seeing like, was his face smiling at me and then holding the gun in his hand. Share your story by writing the Unnerved Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Unnerved Podcast. Thanks for listening.